Welcome back to the Stoicast with Max V. We are continuing to look at the handbook for new Stoics, How to Thrive in a World Out of Your Control by Massimo Caglucci and Gregory Lopez. We are on week 16. Week 16 is Contemplate Death and How to Live. We all know at some level we're going to die. How deep does that knowledge go? We sometimes obsessively pursue health or beauty in an attempt to delay the inevitable. Even though we can take precautions, we still don't have complete control. Katie found this out the hard way, seeing both her parents die of cancer at a young age. Since then, she's been focused on health, carefully monitoring her food intake and exercising daily. A long, prosperous life is a preferred indifferent according to the Stoics. They were more focused on quality of life over quantity. They didn't think one's quality of life depended on health or traditional notions of success. Instead, they thought it consisted of quality of thought and character. This week, you will focus on ingraining this concept ever more deeply into your psyche. Our weekly quote is by Seneca in his letters to Lucilius. No man can have a peaceful life who thinks too much about lengthening it, or believes that living through many consulships is of great blessing. Rehearse this thought every day, that you may be able to depart from life contentedly. For many men clutch and cling to life, like those who are carried down a rushing stream, clutch and cling to briars and sharp rocks. Seneca's advice to not necessarily delay death is sharply at odds with much of the current zeitgeist. We don't want to talk about death. We don't want to see people dying. We engage in fantasies of immortality by uploading our minds into computers. We do this while ignoring mounting problems that we could actually tackle, from the poverty of hundreds of millions of people to looming environmental disasters fueled by our greed and obsession with consumption. And yet it's precisely because stoicism strikes such a different chord that it has become popular again. We intuitively grasp that there is something not quite right in the way we are conducting our lives, and the stoic diagnosis of what is wrong is clear. We put too much value on the wrong things, externals, while at the same time not valuing enough what we should, our character and integrity. Seneca is not saying that a long life is not preferable, other things being equal. He is attempting to recalibrate our system of values. It is not a length that is important, but what we do with the time we actually have. Anglo-American writer Susan Ertz famously quipped that millions long for immortality who don't know what to do with themselves on a rainy Sunday afternoon. Reiterating Seneca's point, you should, you should worry about whether you are living a good life in the Stoic sense, something that you can control, and not about how long your life will be, something that you can't control. Elsewhere in his letters, Seneca observes that it is odd that people talk about young people dying prematurely, as Katie talks about her parents. In a universe governed by a web of cause and effect, there is no such thing as early or late. Everything happens when it happens, as a result of things that happened before. We don't have knowledge of the universal web of causation, so we cannot tell what will happen and when. It makes sense, then, not to lose our tranquility of mind over what we don't know and focus our energy instead on the here and now, where we can act in order to make this a better world. One way to remind us of that is Seneca suggests to think about death every day. Not to be morbid, but to internalize the idea that death is a natural and inevitable process. What counts is what we do before that moment arrives. Seneca's advice has implications for contemporary conversations about how we should handle the end of life as individuals and as a society. Notice his comment on people who desperately cling to life even when they are about to die. As animals, we are endowed by a natural selection with an instinct for survival at all costs. But as thinking beings, we are unique in the biological world. We are the only species, as far as we know, whose members are capable of reflecting on their own demise, preparing for it, and acting accordingly. Seneca says that we die every day, meaning that we inch in that direction from the moment we are born. Death then truly is the ultimate test of our character. 
what to do. This week, you'll take Seneca's advice literally by rehearsing Stoic thinking around death every day. We suggest you do this through freeform writing. Starting tomorrow, write about the topic of death from a Stoic's perspective. Each day, reread Seneca's advice, which we've rewritten down below in a modern form. No one can have a peaceful life who thinks too much about lengthening it or believes that a long life is a great blessing. Rehearse this thought every day that you may be able to depart from life contentedly. Then write for however long you'd like. If you need more space, blah, blah, blah. Uh, below are some of the questions that can serve as, as prompts. Feel free to try a new one each day. Use the ones that resonate most with you. One, why do you not have complete control over the length of your life? Two, how does the knowledge that you don't have complete control over how long you live affect how you should live your life now? Three, why does Seneca claim that thinking too much about longevity leads to an unpeaceful life? Four, how is not fearing death related to the four cardinal virtues of Stoicism? The four cardinal virtues of Stoicism are one, practical wisdom, the ability to differentiate between what's truly good and bad. Two, justice, the capacity to treat people fairly and kindly. Three, courage, proficiency in acting well despite fear of aversions to externals. Four, temperance, skill in reducing desire for external things that aren't in your complete control. Question five, how does a fear of death and a strong desire for longevity cause you to act unvirtuously in your life? How does it affect your peace of mind? Six, what would be some benefits of not fearing death and not obsessing over longevity? How might you live your life differently? Why do it? Many of the Stoics, especially Seneca, believe that fear of death is the root of many of our other fears. Most of the absolute worst-case scenarios we envision ultimately end there, from losing a job, since it could lead to poverty, in turn leading to death, to illness, for obvious reasons. When Seneca's friend, Lucilius, was suffering from a disease, Seneca wrote him a letter calling the lack of fear of death a cure for all ills. Quote, My counsel to you is this, and it is a cure not merely of this disease of yours, but of your whole life. Despise death. There is no sorrow in the world when we have escaped from the fear of death. End quote. Further to achieving peace of mind, Seneca claims that a benefit of this thinking is a clear path for virtue. Quote, for the mind will never rise to virtue if it believes that death is an evil, but it will so rise if it holds that death is a matter of indifference. End quote. The goal of this week's exercise is to see if Seneca's claims hold true for you. A week likely won't be enough to completely eliminate your fear of death and the desire for longevity, but you will be able to put Seneca's claims to test. Weekly review. Now that you've had some time practicing, exploring stoic thinking about death, take some time to reflect. Did Seneca's claims hold true for you? In your experience, did you find this exercise useful? Did you find it difficult? Would it become easier with practice? Write your thoughts out. That's the end of the week 16 chapter on contemplate death and how to live. Uh, personal reflection on this. Um, yeah, this is similar to the uh, process that we talked about earlier of uh, negative visualization and uh, fearing death and or fear, fearing death of your loved ones or uh, family members. Uh, 
and uh, how that would affect your life and, and how you would see those things and understanding that these things are an inevitable part of life and becoming familiar and comfortable with those thoughts, uh, not to say that you wouldn't be sad or you wouldn't be mourning the death of loved ones, but understanding that those thoughts are going to come. They will be processed by you at some point in your life and uh, taking them carefully and uh, processing them smartly is uh, is going to make you a better person and uh, ultimately a, uh, a better person for your family to rely upon in times of stress because you're going to keep your head together. You're going to have your game on point. You're going to have your mind on target. Even though you may be sad, you're not going to let these things bother you through your stoic training and thinking is going to allow you to process these things in a different way. I'm uh, getting a, a good feel for stoic thinking here and over the last uh, 16 weeks it's been uh, very enlightening to, to learn about the ancient thinking that happened thousands of years ago and find out how applicable it is to today's world. And uh, I am getting more interested as I get deeper into this uh, Stoic philosophy. Again, the end of week 16, and we're going to get into week 17 here next week. Week 17 is the last part of the Discipline of Desire series. Uh, week 17 meditate on others virtues so we'll learn more about that next week and until then stay stoic